0: a podcast series taking a deeper look into entertainment and media. Your hosts, Joseph and Michelle Whalen, a husband and wife team of pop culture fanatics, are exploring all things from music and movies to television and fandom.
1: Welcome to Insights in Entertainment. This is episode 80, Mulan, Shuri, and the Batman. I'm your host, Joseph Whalen and my brilliant and energetic co-host, Michelle Whalen.
0: Hi, everyone.
1: How are you doing today, sweetheart?
0: I'm good. How are you?
1: Doing good. I think this whole doing it later in the afternoon is working out well. We get our second wind after three o'clock mm-hmm.
0: or so. Yeah, and we actually, you know, left the house for a little bit and got some nature and fresh air in for... Not
1: too much, though.
0: Not too much. Not
1: too much. And Dole Whip. And dull Whip. That definitely gives me a burst of energy. Mm
0: -hmm, Sure does.
1: Fortunately, we found a place nearby that does it. We don't have to go all the way to Florida. (laughs) Yeah. We
0: didn't drive 16 hours down to to Disney to go get it. So,
1: (laughs) so before we start, I do want to invite folks to, uh, listen to our audio, uh, versions of the podcast that insights into entertainment. If you're looking for the audio, it is insights into entertainment. Or you can get all of our video versions as Insights into Things. They're available on all your podcast platforms. Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google, and so forth. Uh, We do uh, suggest you subscribe. You'll get notifications uh, when they go live on Monday mornings at 8. We also invite you to check out our uh, Twitch stream, which we stream six days a week on Twitch at twitch.tv slash things and we uh, would appreciate a subscribe there as well. Uh, just a side note, if you are an Amazon Prime member, you do get a free um, Twitch Prime uh, subscription that you can uh, help us out with if you want to just click the subscribe button there. You can also check out our high-res vi- videos on YouTube at youtube.com slash things. Or you can get links to all of our contact information and social media on our website at insightsintothings.com. So today, today's episode we're going to talk about in our Disney Detective segment, Marriott is opening a new hotel on on Walt Disney World property. Mulan will be uh, arriving on Disney+. Plus eventually and without a fee now Mm -hmm. it seems to be uh, flip-flopping from week to week yeah and apparently it's not landing without some controversy there's talk of a boycott now so we'll talk about that as well in our tales from the edge of the galaxy disney reportedly has quote big problems with The Mandalorian Season 2.
0: Dun-dun-dun!
1: So much so that we know they held up the trailer to rework the trailer, and it sounds like we might be getting some reshoots and stuff, but uh, we'll see what's up with that. In our entertainment news this week, uh, we'll talk about what is the fate for Black Panther uh, after the untimely passing of Chadwick Boseman. We'll talk about The Batman, Uh, apparently they finally picked up filming on there only to have the star of the movie come down with COVID after they were on a hiatus due to COVID. So there's some question as to what's going on with Batman, when we can see it, and hopefully everybody is healthy on the set now that uh, they've shut down once again. And then we'll finish up with our insightful picks of the week. Are we ready to get started? Sure are. All right, let's do it. Go for Disney Detective.
0: So if you're familiar with the resorts that are down um, in the Walt Disney World area, Obviously, the area of Disney Springs kind of has their uh, section of resorts that aren't owned by Disney or or considered Disney property. It's kind of an offshoot. Um, but there are two hotels that are kind of sprinkled in with the rest of the Disney hotels, and that would be the Swan and the Dolphin. And for a lot of people that aren't aware, those are actually not Disney property, but they are called the Disney Swan and the Disney, uh, Dolphin in, in their names. They're actually owned by, um, Weston and Sheridan. So they're actually, you know, completely, uh, separate companies from Disney. And it seems back in 2018, they had announced that they were going to be building a third tower. Uh, as part of uh, the resort area. Originally, it was supposed to be known as the Cove, but it seems that they just uh, made an announcement uh, of what the official name, I guess maybe that was kind of the unofficial name of it, but it is actually going to be known as the Walt Disney World Swan Reserve, Um, which, of course, can kind of get a little confusing because you already have the swan. Um, and you have the Dolphin, and now you have the Swan Reserve. Um, But there was kind of a a big milestone uh, not that long ago because the top floor of the project was just topped off. So that's a significant milestone in the construction, uh, so it looks like it is still on track to be opening up in 2021. Uh, The new tower will have 14 stories, three hundred and forty nine rooms and one hundred and forty nine of those rooms will actually be uh, family suites to hold up to six to eight people. Um, this article actually came from the points guy. Uh, it's actually a um, website dealing with um, vacation club points and, and things. And mostly this was talking the article was talking about with um marriott and if you have marriott reward points they were kind of trying to speculate how many points uh, a room would be because for people that aren't part of you know like the disney vacation club if you go down to disney you're usually paying cash for a room so the article was basically uh referring to hey if you have points with marriott you'd be able to go down to disney and not you know spend cash you'd spend your your vacation club points um now, you know, there's other construction that that's been going on um, in 2019. Disney actually opened uh, two new resorts in uh, you had the Disney uh, Riviera Resort. And then they also had built a tower um, at Coronado Springs. Obviously, the big hotel that we're excited about is the Star Wars uh resort that is you know under construction and hopefully still planning to open in 2021 um, there was also a new disney vacation club resort uh that was going to be a nature themed uh called reflections and that was supposed to be opening up in 2022 but as of right now most of that construction has has halted because of you know COVID going you know going on so kind of exciting for people that aren't ones that normally stay on disney resort property here's you know an addition to the swan and dolphin which i personally have never stayed at i know you know we've never uh gone to it but it'll have you know its own uh restaurant. And you'll be able to, if you do stay at the Swan Reserve, you'll be able to use the amenities of the Swan and Dolphin, so their pools and, you know,
1: and and whatnot in that area. So as um, Vacation Club members, do we, do they honor Vacation Club Mm-mm. or is it just no. Marriott's it's Vacation It's just Marriott, club? Yeah. Now, a vacation club you can use uh, the outside mm-hmm. agency does the outside agency for I don't
0: that. know if they handle anything with Whitsun and and dolphin. Probably if we wanted to stay there, we would probably just pay cash. We probably wouldn't use our,
1: our right. points for that. Are they talking about any kind of special um amenities that they're going to have at the new hotel or
0: They they have a themed restaurant they talked about and and a swimming pool, nothing. Out of you know, like grandiose, you know, out of the the norm for you know most resorts down there.
1: Now, do the, the Swan and Dolphin, they get what boat service to Epcot? I think it is. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, they're actually within walking distance of Epcot and Hollywood Studios. Okay. So
1: this is. So I'm assuming this is in that same mm-hmm. area. Yeah, it's going to be so in the same area.
0: So you'd you'd have you know the ability to to just walk, uh, you know, to those two parks if you wanted to.
1: Okay. Very cool. So, we're going to be talking about Mulan. We got a couple Mulan stories. Yes. Yeah,
0: so, um, Mulan uh, had. You know, we knew it was coming out this weekend. It actually uh, became available yesterday on Disney Plus if you had the subscription. Well, not long after it came out, there was news that if you didn't pay the twenty nine ninety nine dollars uh, fee to have the access early, that as of December 4th, it would be available to anybody that was a Disney Plus subscriber. Um, but then, what was funny was they had the the notification up. It was actually on the the Disney uh, Disney Plus uh, app, and then. A couple hours later, they took off the actual date because everybody was all excited. They were like, well, if I can just wait till December 4th, you know, why spend uh, the $30? Um, But then they had taken it down and reworded it to say, you know, um, basically it had said watch with premiere access before its release to all of Disney Plus subscribers. But there was no date listed um you know at that point um but it is available now on disney plus with the premium access you can go and and uh pay your 29.99 and and uh view it and have it attached to your library or you can wait till you know the beginning of december when supposedly it will be available to to all disney plus subscribers
1: so they've been all over the board on this one. yeah
0: yeah they really have
1: any idea of what was the driving factor behind the indecision
0: it's disney
1: <laughs> like yeah, are I they don't know. are they listening to like viewer feedback is it yeah are they i don't know at I, numbers for disney plus and they're trying to keep them up or something and and
0: maybe that was the thing they saw You know, know, I don't know when you could go and start subscribing for the $30 fee. You know, I do know some people that have done it and and watched the movie as of yesterday. A lot of my fellow Disney friends, most of them were like, well, I'll just I'll just wait. Um, You know, we haven't really decided. You know, we I think originally we were like, yeah, we'll spend the 30 bucks because if we were to go to the movies, it would cost us more.
1: I don't think Um, I have a problem spending the $30. I'm just curious. Like, we know they got a huge surge in Disney Plus when they released Hamilton because they stopped the trials just before Hamilton came out.
0: Right, because that was the other thing, too, is you could, unlike Netflix where you can get a 30-day preview, Disney Plus was only doing one-week previews. And a lot of the shows that were coming to Disney Plus, they weren't releasing them all at once. They, you know, like when Mandalorian released, and and most of the other uh, original content, they were just releasing one episode a week. So if you got a trial, you couldn't just binge,
1: yeah. um,
0: unless you signed up for it. So it makes after me wonder. So
1: is the timing of of when it's going free in December? It's roughly six months after the Hamilton release. Right. So is the most popular subscription plan a six month plan and they're trying to use this as a way to get I don't know. people to I
0: thought you had to you if you do not do monthly, I thought a was do a year.
1: Is I it? a don't
0: think a have a six-month. I a not know. it a been a while. I'm a curious since... if
1: they a using this, if they have some kind of schedule in place of a give you of six months, they're going to right. give you a major release, and a that as of a to keep you... Maybe. Um, subscribing.
0: Well, we know at some point towards the end of the year, there's supposed to be other Marvel things, you know, coming out. So is it kind of in correlation with that? Or is, you know, a lot of that pushed out, you know, till, till January or, or next year, even, yeah. you know,
1: I'm just curious because this seemed very un Disney like to be all over the place with well, these right. release dates and and, and changing it and around.
0: Stuff. Like if you're gonna say, all right or I could see okay, you do it as of September, but then you know, I don't know, six months later, maybe do it.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's for just everybody else. It strange. seemed very yeah, very and strange. not a
0: very long Period of time no, in between. No, so, and, and why
1: would you? You know, it, it's hard to justify spending thirty bucks now, right? When you know in three months you're going to be able. And to And I it think for that's
0: what a lot of other people were like. Well, yeah, yeah it would be different and, if. You and know. I could
1: almost see them testing the waters with this model to see right. how many people buy it for that thirty dollars to see if it's a reproducible thing to get a first run movie.
0: Right, and that's what you know. We had even. You know, talked about a couple of different times and in, in a couple of different instances. Not just with Disney, but all of these other movies that are doing their first run yeah. as video on demand. Does it make sense for them to do it this way? Do they do it in theaters? Do you do both? Do you do a, a hybrid? Yeah. Because there are people that are itching to get out and and want to go or or live in areas where. It's much safer to go because the theater wouldn't be as crowded. They wouldn't come in contact. Whereas somebody that lives in a more populated area,
1: you know, it's funny you mention that, and it just strikes me as though everybody's trying to make this up as they go along because nobody, nobody knows, knows. absolutely. So, so. We've got that settled on on when we're getting Mulan and how we're getting it.
0: So it started as of yesterday. (laughs) started
1: as of yesterday, but there's been a call for a boycott. Tell us about that.
0: Right. So, you know, there was controversy uh, about Mulan uh, last year, actually, was when it had uh, originally had surfaced. And I believe we even talked about it last year when they were, uh, um, it had Come to light. So it was an interview done in 2019 um, that uh, the star of the movie uh, had made an untimely admission that she was in full support of the Hong Kong police force that she had posted on we- Webo? Weibo, Weibo which is a Chinese social media platform kind of like Twitter. Um she had said I support the Hong Kong police. You can t- you can all attack me now. What a shame for Hong Kong. So starting in June of 2019, thousands of people in Hong Kong began began hosting anti-government demonstrations in the streets, um, and there were lots of different protests. There uh, was an extradition bill, which would have made it uh, uh, legally allow criminal suspects in Hong Kong to be um, brought over to, to China, but the social justice movement grew to address general government corruption issues. So basically there was a lot of back and forth with the government and she came out as, as pro um, police at that point. And now, you know, unfortunately the internet never forgets something, you know, that you said or something that you did. So now that the movies come out, now there's actually a, uh, hashtag boycott Mulan movement where you know um, different uh, fans of, of Disney are are calling you know for a boycott of the movie um, just you know because of her her stance on things um you know so obviously Disney plus subscribers, if you, you know, pay the extra fee, okay, you're, you're paying for it. But if you wait, it's just going to be part of um, your subscription. But, you know, obviously they're hoping to release it in, in theaters in other countries. So what are you really, you know, boycotting? Unless you just don't pay your $30 now. And, it it and seems, you, know the, you the, know.
1: the other thing about that is like... The- <sighs> Everything with Hong Kong and China mm-hmm. is is really just a disaster. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it's such a very different culture than what we have over here. Right. I could almost, and I'm not justifying what she said or did, but I could almost understand why she did it because the Chinese government, it's not like you're just, you know, blacklisted. Mm-hmm. Right. You know you're disappearing you, you in China. disappear right. Yeah. right so i'm i'm assuming that at some level a response from her was required if from a question or something right. like that right right and out of probably fear for her safety or at a very minimum at a fear for her career mm-hmm. because had she spoke out against the government you wouldn't hear from her again. Right. Everyone harkens back to the protests at Tiananmen Square. Hundreds of students were killed. Hundreds more were arrested. And many of those never saw the light of day again. Right. So we can sit here in our comfortable American households and judge people for the things that they say about other cultures like that. But unless you live a day in the life of those people, you have no idea the pressures that they're up against and the consequences that they face if they say the wrong thing. And that's the reality in in China. Mm -hmm. Sadly, the United States is moving in that direction as well, but we don't have the right to judge people like Mm -hmm. that. And what's the point of boycotting a movie that's going to be free in December anyway? <laughs> right, so right. It's it's just it's it it makes people, very little sense. People
0: are bored. Yeah, and
1: yeah, and and that's really what mm-hmm. it is. But it, it is what it is. Uh, hopefully, it won't have any long lasting impact on her or her career. Yeah. I think that was all we had for mm-hmm. Disney Detective. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back with our tales from the edge of the galaxy. Go for tales from the edge of the galaxy.
0: So Star Wars fans have been patiently waiting, or not very patient, for the new trailer for The Mandalorian Season 2 for a while now. So Disney had confirmed... Um, that the show was going to be premiering in the October time frame and that they were supposed to be dropping a trailer in mid-august however there's been radio silence on this and now a couple of uh, or a uh, an insider has revealed that she believes um, that the studio just didn't like the trailer and that they are re-editing it so um, this comes from uh, grace randolph who i guess uh she's a comic book writer she kind of has some insights so she had posted on uh twitter that um they were basically uh that the trailer was delayed because they were doing some re-editing uh to it then she had said well now they have big problems with the season overall reshoots but i hear Um, reshoot uh, that they were doing reshoots but that I hear there's a big problem but she wasn't able to say anything else about it at the time Uh, then in a couple of follow up tweets uh, she clarified that she does not have additional info but but cannot offer or or, i'm sorry that she has additional info but she can't offer it right now um she was then kind of pressed as to you know what the big problem was and she said disney still has time to fix it though or paper it over or maybe no one will ever know um basically her final comment kind of gave a hint that there was Uh, a significant shift in season two about halfway through the eight episode run so not really sure what any of that means um but people have been again waiting for this uh season two uh trailer to to drop um there was actually one of the people i i follow on tiktok who does a lot of star wars cosplay and things like that somebody i guess had posted oh the video dropped and it was a rickroll so it was kind of funny because they used a lot of scenes from um the first season but kind of you know switched them out of sort so it made it kind of look like it was something new so it was kind of funny you know so everybody's being teased um that there is you know isn't a trailer yet but as of right now according to Disney Plus it should be the second season should be streaming uh starting October 30th so
1: well if they're doing reshoots and they've got a major problem with the direction that it's going right that given the amount of visual effects that are true, in play here that that does not give them much room at all to correct whatever is going on because a good portion of the episodes have already been shot.
0: Right. And the only thing I could think of is if they end up only releasing half of a season. Yeah. Because
1: you like know, a mid season break or something like right. that.
0: Right. And if that's where because if it you know, if any of this you know, this article, you know, these tweets, you know, have any validity to it, it sounds like okay, they made it through the first four episodes, everything was okay. But five through eight were And I also have to
1: wonder if this has anything to do with the rumors of Kathleen Kennedy's Mm. imminent departure as well. Could be. It it might be that she took the season storyline in a direction that Disney or whoever's replacing her doesn't like.
0: So they want to redo it. So they
1: want to redo Mm -hmm. it. Because it wouldn't be the first time they did that. I mean, when they acquired the property, the Star Wars property, they, they... basically put the foot down and and shut things down and redid things and made a lot of very strong armed decisions to basically show that they were the boss now, that they owned it. And a lot of what they did was very anti-Lucas at the time. And with Kathleen Kennedy being a holdover from Lucas, thinking very much along the same lines, they may be trying to exercise that kind of brute force control again. I don't know. I find these reports exceedingly frustrating Right, where you don't get, you're going to, you're going to drop a big thing like that and then not give any details on it. Mm -hmm. It, it it draws into question the credibility of the source at that point. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to give something if you're going to drop something like that. So anyway, hopefully, uh, You know, after the first season, I'm not sure how uh, Disney could do anything wrong with Mandalorian because it was so well received.
0: Absolutely.
1: And they also okayed it for a third season Mm -hmm. already. So clearly they didn't have that much of a problem with it. They've already given it green light of it for a third season. So we'll see. I just hope that, you know, they don't miss their deadline and it would really uh, frustrate me if they split the season in half and we yeah. have to wait. So. Anyway, that was all we had for Tales from the Edge of the Galaxy. We'll be back in a minute with our entertainment news of the week.
0: Insights into Teens A podcast series exploring the issues and challenges of today's youth talking to real teens about real teen problems. Explore issues from braces to puberty, social anxiety to financial responsibility. Each week, we talk about the topics concerning today's youth. We look at how the issues affect teens, how to cope with these issues, and how parents, friends, and loved ones can help teens handle these challenges. Check out our video episodes on youtube.com backslash insights into things. Catch our audio versions on podcast.insightsintoteens.com or on the web at insightsintothings.com.
1: Go for entertainment news.
0: So, unfortunately, we had talked about this um, last week, uh, the untimely passing of Chadwick Boseman. Um, And, you know, now his death has kind of left fans and colleagues and loved one, you know, still in shock from it all. Um, And he was, you know, in the prime of his career um, and especially being part of the whole Marvel franchise as Black Panther now that kind of leaves you know a tough decision um, for the fate of his character uh to t'challa in future black panther movies as well as other uh avenger movies uh to come about um so you know there's a chance that maybe they would recast it but obviously fans have expressed uh, a lot of resistance to that option Uh, There's also a possibility that Letitia Wright's character, Shuri, uh, become the new Black Panther, which could be uh, more of a favorable route, at least according to a lot of the fandom. Um, Obviously, studios have dealt with the passing of main stars before, such as when Carrie Fisher passed away, between The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. You have Paul Walker, who was in the car crash right in the middle of filming the Fast and the Furious, but while both deaths deaths were unexpected, neither actor was the main face of the franchise, so they could kind of work things around. So now, how do you handle, you know, a franchise where this was the the main the main character? Um, so one of the things that Um, you know this article was talking about was that it's not something that you know Disney's gonna move quickly on they're gonna take their time and fortunately because of the pandemic going on Disney has times there's no rush to go out and and make a movie they have time to to make the decision Um, but again talking about you know what one of the plans can be is that now you have a uh, a recent run on black Panther comics. Um, so more people are reading about uh, you know, the stories that, you know, have already been been out in the comics and actually as part of one of the the storylines to sister, Shuri inherits her brother's mantle when he disappears and is presumed dead. So does uh, so Marvel can totally go with that route, and the other thing as well is that they can, you know, actually give the fans a potential on-screen, um, you know, funeral for T'Challa and give everybody a chance, you know, to mourn the loss together. Um, so obviously, it's very fresh in, you know, in their minds. I'm sure. So again, nothing has to be decided right now. But obviously, a lot of fans have already, you know, started voicing their their opinions uh, online for for this.
1: You know, taking a step back and, and looking at this, it it almost seems insensitive to be going down this route of, uh, you know, where is the franchise going mm-hmm. to go? Where is the story going to go? Because the tragedy of his death is still so fresh in our minds. Mm-hmm. But I think it's kind of important that we have a path moving forward mm-hmm. because because of what he made that character, mm-hmm. because of the, the cultural significance that he imbued that character with and the role model aspect of what he did with that character, it's such a positive role model in in such a dark time right now in race relations that... To see that character that he built, to see that legacy itself silenced because of his death is is a tragedy in and of itself. I'd hate to see all the good that came out of what he did with that character sort of that momentum sort mm-hmm. of fade away now
0: well and black panther 2 was supposed to be going into post-production i want to say march of 2022 so obviously they're at the you know very early stages of, of probably still writing you know before they even go into to post-production so you know who knows where they are what their timelines you know were at the you know, as of right now, mm. where they are supposed to be. So now it almost seems like, okay, do we completely stop? But like you said, there was, you know, y- you saw it, you know, all all over, you know, social media and, and everywhere, just, you know, what a positive effect.
1: And across the board. Exactly. Racially, it was it, the one thing, mm-hmm. you know, the, what what that character did in his hands was magical. Mm-hmm. It brought people together on a scale that you've never seen before. Right. I think from any other, you know, African American or black character in history. Right. You know, the, the, the sales, ticket sales, to for the movies, right? And it wasn't just you know black people that were going to see it. it everybody was. Everybody was going. Because the character, right. he he brought such magic to that character, right? And and it was especially the way that you know, and I, and I give credit to Marvel too because the way that they wrote that character in, they wrote that character in in such a way that he came into our lives on the on the big screen. In a way that that introduced divisiveness, mm-hmm. and he was affected. You know, this character was affected by that divisiveness and overcame it. And through his ability to overcome it, and through the masterful performance that Chadwick Boseman brought to that character, it showed us that that ability to overcome the that divisiveness was within all of us. Mm-hmm. And it touched a lot of people, mm-hmm. and it would be a real shame if if that you know stop right you know. I, and I think the possibility of having Shuri take up that mantle, I think, is even more uplifting at that point mm-hmm. in time because now you're 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 showing a whole nother set of role model. Right now,
0: you have this main black woman yes. as the the main and, title
1: and and you know not to get political but given the makeup of our 2020 election here that could be even more monumental mm-hmm. and earth shattering uh than it would have been without the right. current circumstances yeah so we'll see we'll see hopefully marvel does the right thing mm-hmm. and, and and we can continue with that magic i i'd hate to see us lose it yeah so the Batman. Let's talk about that.
0: So filming started back up on the Batman uh, for Warner Brothers, um, and then it <laughs> it stopped. <laughs> so uh, they actually had had started. Um, refilming after they had gone on hiatus back in march after the pandemic had had hit um and then unfortunately warner brothers uh had confirmed in a statement that filming was paused because a member of the movie's production had tested positive for coronavirus but they wouldn't comment on who the individual was um and then vanity fair had gotten a hold of a statement that Uh, came out and said a member of the Batman production had tested positive and is isolating in accordance with established protocols. And they were actually the ones that had reported that it was Pattinson who had uh, contracted the virus. Um, But again, Warner Brothers hasn't come out and confirmed uh that it was him. Um so the movie had presume, uh, resumed production at an outside studio in London um and you know obviously most of the entertainment industry is on shutdown there are you know some things that are going back into production uh at this time so you know slow and, and steady um and it's unfortunate that you know they started and then you know within a couple of days uh had to had to shut down so not sure where this puts anything in terms of you know the timeline I know uh they've already released the trailer for the movie uh we watched it you know not that long ago um and the date you know they have for it is you know they kind of left it open as to when uh, it would be uh, released, so I'm not sure how far along they are in the filming of the movie. It didn't, you know, it didn't mention it. Obviously, they still had um, stuff to film, um, so not sure again how far this pushes back, you know, yeah, everything. This is, this
1: is very unfortunate, and hopefully, he's. He's faring well, and he'll he'll recover from this without mm-hmm. any serious issues or anything. I mean, we're this really highlights the the state that we're in right now mm-hmm. with this pandemic and how fragile things still are.
0: Well, and just you know, this week um, it was reported that The Rock, uh, Dwayne Johnson, his wife, and his two young kids all tested positive for uh, for the virus. Yeah. Um, and again, you know. They really didn't say what they were doing. They basically had said that they were kind of all, you know, on the mend. Unfortunately, none of them had very severe cases of it. And that's so. the
1: that's the one thing uh, that Robert Pattinson has going for. As far as I know, he doesn't have any underlying medical right. uh, uh, issues at this point in time. Yeah. So he shouldn't fall into the high-risk category. But, you know, there's still a 2, you know, point three percent chance that – People have a severe adverse reaction to it, even without underlying symptoms.
0: Or that, you know, their breathing just in general going forward, you know, is just never the same after it. So, and
1: this, this sort of, it's one of those things where you have to wonder how is movie production going to happen? How is Mm -hmm. television production going to happen? How are factories going to handle things? Mm -hmm. You know, this just really highlights the fact that. They were taking all the necessary precautions that they needed. They right. were filming at an outdoor mm-hmm. uh, right. Uh, set. Right. Um, and this, this still happens. Uh, so it, it really just highlights how scary this situation is right now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we wish him well and, and we wish him a speedy recovery from this. Mm-hmm. And that was all we had for our entertainment news of the week. Yep. Uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll come back with our insightful picks of the week. Go for your insightful pick.
0: Uh, so my insightful pick is a documentary.
1: Oh, <gasps> uh, see, now you're <laughs> really working my side of the street.
0: <laughs> but it's a Disney one, so you don't well, work that okay. side of the street. That's okay. So <laughs> you stay, you stay on one side. I stay on the other. Um, so the documentary that we had, ex- that I had done. Um, As my insightful pick uh, a couple weeks back, Howard, um, was done by, uh, Don Han, and this was actually a documentary that he did before Howard, um, that came out in 2009, um, and it was actually done, uh, he had uh, produced it along with another former Disney executive, uh, Peter Schneider. Um, the film documents the history of the Walt Disney Feature Animation Department from 1984 to 1994, covering the rise um, of the period that is often called the Disney Renaissance. And this was actually something that... Um, we, in the, the documentary Howard, they talk about because, he you know, Howard Ashman was part of the whole Renaissance period. Um, so this kind of takes you up from you know, the, the early eighties uh, to the mid nineties and how the shift of everything happened. Um, what's interesting is the film uses no on camera interviews. Instead, it uses a lot of archival interviews, uh, press kit footage um, and uh, other uh, films um, that were taken, uh, uh, personal films and video shots that were often against company policy by other cast members of the animation studio and kind of puts it all together and gives you a timeline of everything. Um, so it's, it's interesting because you have Jeffrey Katzenberg who was the head of animation at the time. And you have Michael Eisner and you have Frank Wells and you have uh, Roy O Disney um, and various different animation uh Cast members, and it kind of talks about how you know they were kind of at their, not really their their high point in the eighties, but then you basically had all of these kids come in, and you know they they had this beautiful office on Disney, um, you know Disney Studios, and basically they got moved off site into a trailer um, because. Basically, at that point in time, Disney animation was kind of just like, eh, whatever. You know, the parks were really what they were, you know, dealing with. And then they were starting to get into the whole live action movie. So animation was just kind of like, eh, whatever. And then they realized, no, this is really where the heart and soul of our, our company is. Um, so kind of interesting to see you know all of these <laughs> movies that kind of came out and you know it's funny because you know Maddie and I have our our little movie night you know throughout the week and we've having Disney plus we've gone through all of you know the the animated movies and you can see how you know the very early ones were you know like our our classics and then you kind of get to the time period of the 70s and 80s and you're like Wow, these are kind of scary and sucky. <laughs> like they're they're not what, you know, like you can't put them on the same pedestal, you know. So you can definitely see where there was that dark time in in Disney animation and then obviously their resurgence and, you know, they've been pretty much on top, you know, since then. So interesting to to hear um you know, from from the cast members and and you know different interviews and things and um you know it, it's funny you know like there were things that were taped and it was like okay are we done now and then you totally see somebody's demeanor change once they thought the cameras were off after you know giving a speech of something so very interesting you know to see where their mindset was and and interesting that obviously everything kind of changed during you know that renaissance and has been you know like i said going upward ever since then so
1: okay cool pick thank you so my pick this week uh, no surprise is a documentary <gasps> um i'm a big history fan and uh, this is the story of europe on amazon prime the series tells the story of europe in six glossy episodes exploring different chapters of its eventual eventful history it's a journey through time and across space from physical beginnings to the first human settlers the evolution of european culture and religion historical achievements in exploration technology and politics and a daring look at the continent's present and future now i will say that uh This is a, it's a series that takes a surprisingly large look at a huge swath of me not having my phone during a podcast. Um, Sorry about that. Mm -hmm. So the series itself looks at a surprisingly large swath of European history, um, which you don't typically see in uh, documentaries of this nature. I mean, they start out back talking about how Europe was physically formed with continental drift. Then they look at Stone Age culture and they move up from there. And each episode progresses at a certain pace up. Uh, The one thing I will say is it's a total propaganda piece for the European (laughs) Union. uh, To the point that they even start trying to draw parallels to historical alliances of the past from five, 600 years ago saying that they're the precursor to the European union, which is kind of ironic because the host Christopher Clark, who is a, a historian, uh, it mentions multiple times that he's a native of Australia. You know, he was okay. born in Australia and, and you know, he apparently has this agenda to, to push the EU. But if you can get past the propaganda side of things and it's hard at some points because they tend to draw questionable conclusions and parallels to historical events and the european union now to try to make the eu look good there is a lot of good content that's in there Um, they spent a tremendous amount of time researching it Um, a lot of the footage itself is traveling all around Europe, the Middle East, Africa. They, they did a very good job putting it together. The cinematography was surprisingly well done for a small budget. And I'm guessing it's a small budget because you can kind of see that they don't have a lot of, a lot of staff okay. on hand here. Yeah. Um, the camera angles are kind of funny he's He's using a background on a lot of times of the Parthenon, for instance. And instead of it being a static shot, it, the cameraman is is literally moving around, focusing on the headshot, but moving around so that you literally get to see almost a panoramic view of the background. Okay, So it's a very interesting approach to doing the cinematography, which I kind of liked. but it's very well presented. He has a very calming demeanor to him as he explains things. It's not this monotonous drone that a lot of history documentary hosts have. So it's very easy to get into the documentary and, and see what they're using. One of the things that I do like, which I thought was interesting, is they use a lot of stock footage from other documentaries okay. made by the same company um
0: and you've seen that a couple times in various ones like like
1: the history channel does that with their documentaries where you see the same world war ii footage of hitler over and over again because there's a there's a set amount of it Mm -hmm. um but in this case here they've they've done dramatizations on other documentaries and those dramatizations one happened to be about venice they borrowed some of that to Mm -hmm. stick in here because it was actually shot in venice and and the Subject matter in that documentary was poignant to the topic they were discussing. So I I think it's worth watching uh, the story of Europe on Amazon Prime now. So that was all. So I think that was all we had today. Uh, I would uh, invite folks to check out our long-form articles on Medium at medium.com slash insights into things. Um, also, I would reemphasize uh, subscribing to the podcast so you can get it as soon as it becomes available. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Overcast, PocketCast, Castro, CastBox, Podcaster, and Amazon So you can ask uh, your Echo devices to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, We would also ask you to to, uh, give us your feedback. You can email us at comments at insightsintothings.com.
0: You can find us on Twitter at insights underscore things.
1: You can follow us and subscribe to us on Twitch. We stream six days a week at twitch.tv slash insightsintothings.
0: On Facebook at Facebook.com backslash insights into things podcast.
1: You can get our audio podcast at podcast.insights in entertainment.com.
0: You can get our videos on YouTube.com backslash insights into things.
1: And you can get links to all of that and so much more at insightsintothings.com. And I think that's it. That is it. Another one in the books.
0: Have a good week, everyone. Bye. Bye.